Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Loveline with neo-feminist entrepreneur and talk show host Amber Rose. I'm going to be talking about sex, relationships, and self-confidence. Everything from sexual curiosity to self-empowerment. Amber is joined by certified sex therapist Dr. Chris Donahue. I'll be talking about my own personal experiences and answering intimate questions from fans. This is Loveline with Amber Rose. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Love Line with Amber Rose and Dr. Chris Donahue. What's up, Chris? Hey, you. Man, I'm still sick. I know. You're coughing I'm storm. still sick. I can't believe it. But nonetheless, you were out there dancing your ass off. I was dancing. And I got eliminated last night. Yeah, my heart broke. My mom texted me. She's on the East Coast feed, and she was like, sad face. Amber got voted off. You know what? I wasn't really sad, though. I really wasn't. Like, if I would have got voted off, probably... The first maybe four weeks, I would have been sad, but I really feel like I, I gave him my all, and it's not easy. And you know, um, uh, I was kind of ready to go. I'll be honest with you, I was kind of I was kind of ready because it was just it was extremely stressful. You know, I have the most amazing excuse me, I had the most amazing partner, um, which is like my brother for life now, Max, but. You know, it was literally seven days a week, five hours a day, and then Sundays, 12 hours, Monday, 12 hours, Tuesday, 12 hours. I don't even understand that. I, I had no life. I haven't even hardly seen my son. Yeah. Like, I, I was, I, I kind of had enough at that point. So I what was, are you going to do with all this downtime? Rest for once? Yeah. You know, my birthday's coming up this week. Yep. So I'm just actually going to rest and get rid of this cold, spend time with my beautiful son, Sebastian. And, you know, maybe have a piece over to rub my feet. <laughs> you earned it. Love you it. deserve you that. Have a saying? piece over to take care of your little TLC. Exactly. That'll kick that cough right I'm out. I'm going to have him in the kitchen cooking. Kick that cough right out. <laughs> so where's everyone going to get their uh, Amber Rose fix? They're not going to get to watch you on TV every week dancing. I know. They I got know. to hang in there for a while. Yeah, they got to hang in there for a minute. But your face will be back in around 2017. A little some light. <laughs> we'll talk about light. that later. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm sad to see you go, but uh, for my own work schedule, I'm happy you have more, more, yeah. more open time. Yeah, because you would like you would come to the, our studio, mm-hmm. and um, I would be like, "Shit, Chris, I got fifty fucking things to do right now. I'm so sorry. I'm running late." You know, and here's a I'm beer. Like, sit about, outside. Yeah, here's a beer. Go outside, <laughs> drink a little some, smoke a little oh, some. Man, you guys have no idea how hard it was to work around Amber's schedule. Yeah, it was crazy, but um, I, I I had an amazing time though. I I must say I had an amazing time, but it it's it ran its course. I'm happy that it's over for now. I'll be back for the finale, but um, this is my time to like kind of you know do the checklist of everything that I kind of push to the side for Dancing with the Stars. And going back for the finale, uh, you'll go back feeling, what, revived, rested, confident? Yeah, I think, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to hit the gym really hard every day. 
And um, just stay strong because you need a lot of muscles in your legs to mm. dance ballroom, you know? And that's the thing, too. Like, Tara Jolie is a little person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jana Kramer is very petite, very, you know, slim. And Lori Hernandez is, you know, an Olympic gold medalist. Mm. So I was competing against these girls that are obviously in way better shape than me and easy to like flip around and do cool shit and max is like all right you ready for me to pick you up and i'm like just don't even try it bro oh that's hilarious i'm like a buck 70 on a good day (laughs) you know oh that's hilarious well you looked graceful and amazing to me thank you well done and uh yeah i got to meet uh tara at the slut walk she was she was really 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 cool isn't she amazing yeah she she looks like reese witherspoon she just has such a pause anytime i meet someone like her who just glows of positive energy yeah I love being around. No, for sure. Just all positivity. And Jana, Jana and Laurie are are the same. Okay. I mean, literally, just amazing people, and I'm so happy. Ryan Lochte is awesome. Jana is awesome. Babyface is awesome. Literally, Vanilla Ice is. Well, it's good to hear about amazing. Ryan because you know I'm, I'm not familiar with him personally. I just know his extracurricular, you know, behaviors and his stories, and so the, well, the listen, press is really. Ryan Lochte lied, and he fucked up, and we've all lied and fucked up sure. in our lifetime. And guess what? To the average person that lied and fucked up, it wasn't on national TV. Yeah. And he made a mistake, and trust me, he paid for it. Like he internally he did and he's a great guy and his family is amazing you're so forgiving i am forgiving well you know i have a very compassion i have a very compassionate heart my mother raised me that way um and i'm not judgmental and i feel like i feel like as you grow as a person you make mistakes if you continue to make the same mistakes then you're not growing as a person but if you make the mistakes and you're remorseful and you're just like fuck why did i do that that was so stupid. I didn't have to go down that road. I feel like that's how he feels. And um, and he's just an amazing guy. And his family is super awesome. His mom, his sister. Like, I'm just happy that I got to really know these people. Wow. I'm jealous. That's phenomenal. It's really camp. fucking cool, man. It's like. Well, you're taking them all with you. Friends forever. Yeah. I was talking to Ryan Lochte this morning and he was just like, man, I'm going to miss you. Am like, I really made a friend in you. And I feel, I feel the same way about him um, and the girls and, and Babyface and Vanilla Ice and all of them. They're just, they're, they're great people. So, all right. <laughs> Enough of that mushy shit. <laughs> now on to some serious stuff. Yeah. So we talked a couple weeks ago about um, our buddy, Pamela Anderson. And this one's on a mission, you know, bless her. She, I'm not really sure what this is a reaction to, but she's really going after porn and going after it hard. And again, and how how so, what is she doing? Well, so she was on Dr. Oz. well, Well, first of all, she, she made a porn with her husband. Well, correct. Yeah. She made a sex with her husband, got released. She built a career on sexuality and eroticism. Is that Baywatch. considered porn if it's with your husband sure. on video? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's adult she film. She sold it, right? Yeah. It's adult film. It's, it's, it's recording your sexuality and your sex. It falls under pornography. It's erotica. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to necessarily been professionally shot. Um, and having built a career on her, you know, objectification and her own eroticism, it's just really interesting that now there's like this backlash coming for her. So... 
coming from her. So she was on Dr. Oz with a rabbi who I'm not familiar with, but I'm told is well known as, you know, a relational counselor, I guess. I don't know where his training is. I'm assuming from nowhere. I don't know mm-hmm. what his credentials are. I'm assuming nothing. Yeah. So he's making all of his relational stuff up. Yeah. That's cool. Um, as someone who's spent, based off religion, probably. based off religion, and as someone who spent many years in school to actually understand the roots of things, it's a little problematic. And that's then, why you're on the show, Chris. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so her, uh, Pam, and him were on Doctor Oz, just again going after porn and basically kind of putting it down, trying to remind people, and I quote, that making love in a committed monogamous relationship is far sexier. Well, that's cool if you're in a committed relationship. Yeah, but- if you're single, I'm not. If I'm I'm single I'm not gonna bone anybody stop yeah and here's the thing here's the gift of porn if you have a higher sex drive than your partner you get to have sexuality if you're interested in diverse things that your partner's not willing to do with you thanks for pornography if you're single and want a sex life great for pornography if you want to have sex with yourself great pornography oh that's my life are you kidding me but but, and this is the thing and, and it doesn't you know and I think part of their argument was you know, again, porn's bad. It's really problematic, uh, you know, education for children. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Porn should not be a sex educator. But guess what? If you as a parent aren't going to have that conversation in an honest, healthy way, then it, it's left to porn. And it's not porn's fault. It's your fault. Yeah, as a parent. Truly. Yeah, fucking look what your kids are watching. And, you know, listen, my whole thing is even if I, you know, my son's three, but like as he gets older, if I look on his, you know, laptop and I see that he's watching porn, I'm going to have a conversation with him. I'm not going to tell him that he's a horrible person, that he's bad. I'm not going to, you know. Uh, that he'll never that- make a good partner for someone. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And then and if he's watching porn, I feel like he can sit down and have a conversation or I can have a conversation with him and explain to him, you know, sex sexually transmitted diseases everything that comes along with sex pregnancy all this shit you know as a parent you got to talk to your children and to just say like porn is the reason why kids are so fucked up is just ridiculous yeah and this is and this these two obviously haven't met anyone who actually works in the porn industry i have multiple very close friends who direct porn starred in porn i've dated people that are sex workers and and i mean that as in escorts and porn actors and these are really healthy mature evolved people that have chosen to do body work which is not unlike any other form of using your body as labor to make an income you were a stripper yes people use their bodies out in the fields to pick fruits and vegetables people are housekeepers and they're cleaning up urine off of someone else's toilet yeah like it's all different forms of body labor and just because one is sexually related doesn't mean it's a poor form of work oh this is why I can't get away from it it's just like a former stripper slash turn model turn talk show host (laughs) no one says like you know former kinko's worker brad pitt you know they don't they never say that they don't say that if it has to do with sex you know like branded uh, forever stigmatized yeah not allowed to let it go but i think i think in your instance though you this is actually really funny so Either, I We're think outside, you... everyone, if you hear a, a, a helicopter go by. We're in my backyard right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. So I think when you posted, I believe on your Instagram, the public announcement that you got an $8 million deal for a tour. Yeah. And wasn't there some tagline tag along the lines of like, once a stripper, look what I, what was it? 
Um, I was like, uh, something like, look oh, like- I said, um, I said, um, when you're a slut, but you're business savvy as fuck. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I actually love your, your moniker always being other people saying this, that you were from stripper yeah. to, because I love them having to acknowledge the trajectory where you landed. Yeah. That, yeah, you were a stripper and now you're a wealthy, successful businesswoman and yes. you're developing multiple businesses. That's awesome. I actually love that. Thank you, Chris. Um, and it was also one of the best times of my life. And I, I, I say that. Because it fucking was. I mean, I was young and beautiful. And it's funny because when I was in the strip club, guys would be like, you're too beautiful to be here, honey. Mm. Why are you here? Because I'm fucking hot and I don't have to do shit but talk to you and you're going to give me money. And this is it's the thing. It's very easy. And people patronizingly will always say, poor thing, she is or was a stripper. Or poor thing, they're porn actress. Why are you being so condescending and assuming that they don't want to be there, that they're not enjoying the work? The porn actors I know and the sex workers I know yeah. have overtly chosen that because yeah. they enjoyed it. It was erotic to them. It was something that made sense to them. My it dear friend. Rev- yeah, my dear friend. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go. My dear friend, Bonnie Rotten. Um, so I met her at a party. And she was just so cool. And she was so like, you know, like. I don't know. She was just beautiful and she was tatted and she was just awesome. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, you're so cool. I love you. Like be my friend. And we just got to talking at this party. I think it was like Chris Brown's party like a couple years ago. And she was just like, I was like, I was like, so what do you do? What do you do out here in LA? And she was like, oh, I do porn. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. I, and then I just obviously start asking her questions. Like, well, <laughs> damn, girl. Like, how often do you do it? And like, what is do it you, like? Do you make cream pie porn? Yeah, like, <laughs> of course. It's my favorite. I want to know. So <clears throat> she told me a little bit here and there. And then I went home and I like, you know, the search engine, Bonnie Rotten and like porn MD. And I was like, fucking wow. Like, she is definitely not doing this just for money. She is really enjoying this because the the sex that she was having was um can I say ex- extreme sure. maybe? Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. It was it, it it was out of the norm, I guess you could say. And um and there's another helicopter going by. Sorry guys. But yeah, it was it was a lot of um, extreme anal sex, like double penetration anally, you know, stuff like that. And I'm and, you know, me being who I am, I'm not I'm not judgmental at all. I thought it was cool, but it was very obvious that she fucking loved it. Right. And that's what made it cool. It wasn't like, oh, I have daddy issues. Right. Let me go. Oh, and that's always the gross assumption. Yeah. Is that there's something wrong with you if you want to do that or you're good at it or you enjoy it. Yeah. And again, that's just slut shaming. That's it is. From slut shaming. But here, let's want to make it local. We both live in California, me and you. And yeah. there's a proposition that's trying to get past Prop 60. Mm-hmm. So I urge you all in California to vote no. Um, basically saying that if you're watching a porn film and they're not using condoms, you can sue the stars and the distributors and make money off of that lawsuit. Wow. And you can also get the uh, legal names and home addresses of the actors. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're basically calling it condom cops. And it's just putting a lot of power in the hands of the viewer. And AHF are the people that are putting their money behind this and driving this. And you know, they have a little bit of a sex phobic history. They have these big billboards that are really STD stigmatizing and shaming on Santa Monica Boulevard. I'm always driving I, I, by I them. I see them. Well, actually, they're, um, 
they're uh, a sponsor for Slut Walk. Okay. Yeah, AHF. And um, it's the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. So, okay, this is the thing with AHF, right? I, I think it's fucked up that they want, you know, people to have their home addresses and be able to sue. I feel like if it was more so like, look, we're AIDS Healthcare Foundation. We don't want the epidemic to get any worse. We want to more so try to advocate on using condoms in porn rather than spreading the disease because we've seen in in recent years that you know porn stars are always actually supposed to be like the the safest they get tested all the time exactly and aids swiveled in there somewhere and porn stars started testing positive for hiv and aids yeah i mean here's the problem is it's it's basically just taking the power out of adult performers to make decisions for themselves yeah. It's, it's policing them and it's really setting up a lot of possible lawsuits. And the thing is, it's also just going to drive it more underground. It drives it also out of California. Right. I understand that. And I have porn performer friends that are in fear of having their information exposed and being sued if they are suspected of having shot a scene where condoms aren't used. It's mm. it's it's condom you know policing and making you know viewers condom cops. I don't really know how I feel it. about that, Chris. Yeah, I kind of okay. So I okay. So this is how I feel about that, right? It's like because I understand where they're coming from. I think that they they're going a bit too far as far as suing and knowing the home addresses because it's true in a way. It's like they're adults. They can do whatever they want. If they want to have unprotected sex on film, then that's what they should be able to do. But as the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, right. you know, it's about safe sex it and is. not well, spreading the disease. I think there I think a lot of their concerns also with giving AHF and some of the people involved in that this power. I mean, here's the other thing. Right now, there's a powerful pill called PrEP. Yeah, I heard about that. And if you're taking it daily as prescribed, you pretty much reduce the possibility of being infected with HIV to nothing. Oh, wow. Okay? And HF is not supportive of this pill at all. They prefer condoms. People don't use condoms. Well, People AHF don't also talks have sex about chlamydia and gonorrhea and, For sure. and other sexually transmitted diseases Which aren't as well. all protected with condoms. You can still get STDs without condoms. Most people I know aren't doing herpes, oral with condoms. For sure. And so the thing is, is that PrEP is a daily pill that if taken, reduces it to almost zero. I don't think that there's actually any case of anyone having become infected while on PrEP. And the problem is, is most people don't want to use condoms or don't have them accessible or whatever it is, they break. And PrEP is a really beautiful way to protect people. And when you're yeah. not considering and recognizing all options and you're hiding information, that's a problem. Right. Wow. So this is an interesting thing that's going on in California. But it's like kind of fucked up on both sides though. I kinda I kinda understand on both sides. Not not about prep, just right. about using condoms in the porn industry because they don't want the disease to spread. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I think the problem is just that people don't want to be have a lawsuit brought against them if they as an adult chose I don't to think not they use should. it and have their information kind of put out there and violated. We'll see what happens though. I mean, 
everyone who's in the healthcare field generally and the sex workers and a lot of mental health professionals are saying don't vote on it. It gives too much control to people and HF specifically, basically making them the, the sex czar of California. Right. And a lot of people are concerned about you know the the heads um, sexual social politics, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be on the ballot. That, I'm surprised that they're against prep, though. Yep. Wow. They're pro condom, anti prep. Anti prep. Why can't they be pro condom, pro prep? They're a little old school. They're also not really big fans of the sex and dating apps. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they have these big billboards that are kind of blaming the apps for STDs. I saw that. Yes. See, that's them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, um, moving along. Anywho, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay. Um. So. So back to Pamela yes. Anderson. Yes. Though. So <laughs> thank you, Pam. This is all. Pam, this is all born out of fucker. you. Oh man, Pam, just stop. Seriously, you know the funny thing is. You know, number one, Dr. Oz, have someone like myself on who is actually a trained sexual and mental health professional so we can talk about both sides of porn, not just these anti-porn zealots who really don't have any experience, um, education, research, or any deep thinking around this topic. Well, you know, let me me say this. Maybe Pam feels some type of way because she did have a porn out with her husband and now her children are getting older. Right. And she kind of sees that, like, maybe, you know, our kids are going to school. That's what makes me nervous, though, is if you can't look at something objectively, which she's not able to do, she's in it too deeply. And I'm afraid all this is coming just from her own anxiety and she's not thinking clearly about some of the benefits. And nothing is all good and nothing is all bad. And that's my only concern is porn is not 100% awesome, but... Be willing to talk about the benefits. Can I tell you how many shows have invited me on because of my book to talk about porn? And then when they found out I was pro-porn, unbook me and uninvite me. Oh, wow. No one wants to do a show on some of the benefits. They refuse. They'll have me on to talk about the downsides. Yeah. And this made-up mythic thing called sex addiction, which isn't real. But when I say I'm actually against sex addiction and I'm pro-porn, they're like, uninvited no one will talk about the positives Chris, this is why me and you are besties babe high five you know we kind of just <laughs> this is know. where it's got to happen is love line this yeah. is one of the uh, and this is the thing people keep tweeting me and, and hitting me up on instagram about that they're like thank you for using love line as the one safe space to talk about some of the positives uh, of course yeah it's because horrible. It, it it is i mean they and they and they shame and they point yep. their finger and their fucking judgment yep. you know and um and it's complete bullshit and here's the other thing just and then we'll close off on this you know they're saying porn is bad it's not bad it has bad elements and they're also just like basically fucking everything else in life has bad elements to yeah, it yeah thank you and they're and they're saying they're basically blaming it for people no longer wanting to have sex with their spouses that's called a lot of Listen, other let things. me tell you something i can watch porn all day and i still want the d Thank you. It does not mean I literally masturbated three times today because I had the day off, and I'm like I like I still want a piece to come over later. It's yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. The, uh, this is the problem. A I'm lot not of- thinking of like I just literally want to just be in my computer and fucking watch porn all day and not actually have the real thing and engage with another person. Yeah, yeah. or even be with another person and watch porn with them as well. I love that. That's fucking hot. I love that. I love that. I love that. So, Pam, please stop. <sighs> Dr. Oz, have me and Amber on. We will yeah. lovingly come on and talk will, about Dr. it. Please Oz, invite us. Dr. Oz, invite us, bro. And this rabbi, you know, keep up the good work. I'm sure every now and then something useful comes out of your mouth, but this isn't one of them. Nope. Um, anyway, moving on. God bless him. 
What else we got? All right. So uh, according to science, there's no such thing as dating out of your league. Good, Do you I believe like that? that? I, I like the punchline. <laughs> I just like the idea. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that there's such a thing as league. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has the right and the capacity and is attractive to someone. Yeah. I, I, right? I mean, we have social standards. There are general standards that most people would assume or would say are what is most attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my thing, right? Go. I feel like when you start liking guys or girls or whatever you're into, when you start liking them in your like teenage years, that kind of gives you a type. Like, who you grew up around, who you went to school with, that kind of, like, gives you, like, a kind of type of person, right, that you're into. So, when I see, you know, if it's, like, young girls dating older men, and it's like, oh, she's a gold digger, maybe she actually likes older men. And why aren't older men allowed to be found attractive? Right. Why does there have to be a hidden motive? Or older women. My security loves MILFs. Right. He loves MILFs. You know, that's, like, he's just, like... You know, we're, we're driving in the car and I see him like turn his head out the window and I'm like, that woman was at least 52. Fucking hot, but at least 52 years old. He's like 25. That's his shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's and no hidden motive. No. It's not some mommy issues. No. He's not trying to his recreate or heal some early life trauma. And that's the thing. That's why I don't believe in things like age appropriateness. Yeah. And I think we spoke about this somewhere once before. Like your age promises nothing. You know, and and I love the idea of diverse sexual interests. I mean, you know, so I don't mm-hmm. I don't believe in a league. No, I mean, listen, this is the thing. I you know, and I also believe that your taste could change yep. over time as well. Mine have as as I've as I've grown up and experienced different things, and as I age and my career shifts around, I want and need different things. And so a different kind of person would work. I mean, think about the kind of guy that would have worked or made sense or that you would have needed, you know, back in Philly. And then yeah, when you first I dated got to the LA. dope boys back in Philly. Okay, and what know? kind of man is it you want now? Probably something very different from what you would have wanted and been attracted to then. Extremely different. Yeah. Extremely different, you know? But it's like little things. Like, I like guys that are uh, well-spoken mm-hmm. and very creative and, like, you know, uh, into, like, philanthropy and, like, you know, maybe play an instrument or something. Right, because you know? you've developed into a person that finds meaning and value in all of Yeah, it. certain yeah. characteristics I like, but... Actually, as I'm getting older, so I've only dated like black guys and like Dominican and maybe Puerto Rican here and there and never really white guys. Right. And so like I'm extremely attracted to white guys now. I'm like Mm -hmm. going through like this thing where it's like white guys are fucking hot. Even like older white guys or like white guys in their 30s or like just just white men in general. I'm just I'm. I don't know what it is. It's just like something about white guys right now um, in my life is just fucking hot to me. So dating out of your league, I don't know. I don't know what that consists of. Yeah, and I think your league changes. I mean, different environments have different valuations and norms about what kinds of bodies and characteristics and traits they're attracted to. So I always tell people to kind of bounce around. I know in L.A., I live in the Hollywood area, there's the east side norms and values. There's the west side. You can go down, north and south, and everyone has different things that they're looking for. And Mm -hmm. so I always tell people more to think in those terms. If you're not really finding what you're looking for or you're not really feeling that erotic or attractive, 
perspective, maybe shift the kind of places you're going and the people you're spending time around. Yeah. Because you might not be what that crowd is looking for, and that's okay. There are pockets of people that are interested in you. Look, when I was in my doctoral program, I did two doctoral programs back to back. I was deeply immersed in academia. I needed to be with someone who could speak to me on those levels, and I wasn't going to find them at a local bar. Yeah. And so I had to stop going to bars because I wasn't feeling understood or like I was getting my needs met. I had to go find people on campus at school. That yeah. Where I was at. Now that I've graduated and I want, I want something completely different. I don't want to have deep talks when I get home. Yeah. I want to just laugh. Yeah. And go see a movie and go to dinner and not have anything deep going on. And so now my interests have even changed in terms of that. And even like, yeah. But then also, you know, it's like it, 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 when they say out of your league, is that like Physically, most likely, or like, right? It's economically, more, po- you know, possibly as well. Yeah, but like, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. I I'll, just, I'll throw this in there. Usually, when people say I want this, that, and the other thing, it's all ego talking, and it's not always coming from your best and what you truly would be aligned with. Yeah, I listen to a lot of patients say, "I need my boyfriend or girlfriend of this, that, and the other thing." It's all ego. I think so it's too. All ego based. Get rid of your wish list. I mean, I'm I'm more attracted to a guy like I could see a guy, right? And maybe his smile is like a little crooked mm. or like his laugh is like really cute or like there's just something about him that yeah. I like, but he's not traditionally good looking. Right. But, you know, there's something in there that's really, like, special Ugh. that I like. The the beauty of difference and diversity mm-hmm. and incongruence. Yeah. Um, I love that. And you, you've said that to me before. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's phenomenal. We'd all be better served to see the beauty in, in diversity. But I know a lot of people or a lot of girls and guys that'll date people specifically because they're extremely good looking. Ego. And, and I it's was, so weird to me. I'm like, he's a fucking asshole. He's hot. Yeah. yeah but we, like, ew. We call that a respirator for ego. You don't feel enough on your own. And so you have to find something outside of you to make you feel better. Cause you just can't do it without is it. Is that what that is? Yeah. And it doesn't work. And so anyone who's out there thinking you need someone who looks a certain way or makes a certain amount of money or drives a certain kind of car, really try to recognize that it's your own internal struggle mm-hmm. that you require these materialistic, useless things because nothing outside is going to make the inside feel any better. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I can personally say I feel like my ex-husband is extremely attractive, but I'm extremely attracted attracted to him uh, or I was. But, you know, it's like his laugh is what won me over and everyone oh, knows really sweet. his laugh is like really like, you know, is super stoner like funny laugh <laughs> and he laughed oh, one day so and I was like sweet. oh my god I'm in love yeah. like wow you know but it was it was his laugh and his smile and it was you know the outside the tattoos were hot and like shit like that but it was just something about him like internally that right. I was just like wow this is something yeah. fucking cool I've dated people where others have been like oh I'm surprised that you're attracted to them and that's okay but Let's all get a little bit better about not calling people ugly. Yeah. Like if your friend sees someone like, oh, I think that person's hot. Don't be that person that's like, oh, I think they're ugly. Yeah, that's fucked up. Like let people enjoy and find what they find attractive, attractive. And and everyone has a right to be seen as attractive. Everyone has a right to be fuckable to someone. Let's yeah. not designate people as they're ugly, they're fuckable, they're not. Let's just kind of like neutralize that a little bit. I always say that I can literally see the beauty in every single person I'm around. There's something beautiful about everyone, yeah. you know, and it's not necessarily physically all the time. 
it's just not. I mean, just some people just have something about them that that you just like. Yeah. Um, unless you're Trump. <laughs> unless you're Donald Trump. You Although, fucking did asshole. you get any pushback on my social media? I got some pushback. They're like, oh, that's really great that you guys were slamming Trump. How about talking about the fact that Hillary blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? You know, she's not perfect either. Yeah. But she's not doing some socially violent things and attacking people in terms of like race and gender. and. No, she's not. And and guess what? You know, I'm I'm getting a lot of shit for my Beats by Dre commercial. Why? Wait, why? Well, because Michelle came out, okay, um, which is Dr. Dre's ex-wife, I think, or ex-girlfriend, his baby's mom, oh, and yes. she said that he, that he used to beat her right. up and and try to kill her and like all this stuff. And me being an advocate for women, you know, it's like, why would you ever do this? Okay, first of all, um, one, Dr. Dre does not own Beats by Dre anymore. Apple does. Two. I shot the commercial before I even knew about any of that, before it came out. Three, you know, I usually am always on the woman's side. Um, but who knows? No right. one knows facts. At this point, no one knows facts. And you want to believe Michelle, right? You want to believe that that she, she wouldn't just lie and say that that just happened. But also with a compassionate heart, people do change over time. People change and grow, and they're better. And I don't know if that you happens. You are killing it. You're killing it. And this is the this. You're nailing it. People have to be given a chance to become better. Yeah. And if and if we don't believe that, then I need to stop being a therapist, and all therapists need to close their doors, and so do churches, because those are all built on the idea that people can change. Yeah. And if someone's apologetic for who they were and trying to be better, I will forgive you. And until I see someone like Donald Trump apologizing, trying to be better, I cannot forgive him. Yeah. But I think what's happening now is that Michelle and Dr. Dre is denying the whole thing. Okay. Um, and she's saying that it actually happened. So me being in the position I'm in, right, what do I do? What do I do? You do this. You say what you just said. Yeah. I didn't know about it. He's not even associated with the product. Yeah. And I openly say it's not okay to be violent against women. It is not okay. Yes. It is not okay to be violent towards women. And then you can shake it off and spend your coins. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, if that did happen, it's, it's extremely unfortunate. But like we just said, you know, hope that it didn't happen. Right. And if it did, it happened 20 something years ago. And we hope he's evolved and grown and become a better person because of it. Yeah. And if he hasn't, that this stuff coming out might be the up. thing to do it. Yeah. So uh, we got some sex toys to talk about. Ooh. Um, speaking, so I told you I masturbated three times today because I had the day off, which was awesome. What'd you use? What'd you use? Um, I used the, the realistic one. Right which on. Is one of my favorite and it has like a vibrator in it. And where does it come from? Um, it comes from AdamEve.com. Oh, girl. Um, and it's, it's really wonderful. Um, use it on yourself, on a friend, you know. Sharon is Karen. He- heavy petting, touching. Gift giving. <laughs> and uh, AdamEve.com and just go check out all the amazing products. They have lube, they have toys, and this week's offer is 50% off That's one item. That's huge. 50% off. You can't off. not now go get something. Seriously. The holidays are coming. The ho- I mean, listen. Gift giving. It's it's the time of gift giving. Yes, you know, and so make sure you use Loveline at checkout and get fifty percent off one item plus free shipping. Listen, ladies, 
vaginal muscles and pelvic floor strength and elasticity and lubrication is maintained through healthy self-pleasuring and masturbation. It's important as we all get older, men too, mm-hmm. to focus on that. It's good for your body. Adam and Eve has tons of products that can help you with that. Totally. And again, you can order from the website. You don't have to leave your house. It comes in discreet packaging. No one will know what's coming in the mail. You have no reason to not. 50% off. 50% off, Chris. And it's not, I mean, it's, you know, if you don't want to do like a full on, you know, big ass dildo vibrator, they have tiny little ones. Right. Ones you can, you know, keep in your purse. They have lube. They have all kinds of toys. They have anal beads, anal plugs, which we talked about last week. Yes. The proper thing to put in your butt. The proper thing. So, and it has a what on it? A base. A base. So it doesn't get sucked up in there and you got to go to the doctor and embarrass (laughs) yourself. And remember, if your sex life is feeling boring, a really awesome thing to do is to go on their site, check out all the different toys, purchase something you haven't seen, you haven't tried, you've always thought about, keep it fresh, keep it fun. Yeah, and Christmas is coming up. So now, right now you're getting 50% off. So use it, save it. You want to give it as a gift later or use it for yourself. Use the love line at checkout, adameve.com. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, y'all, we're going to go to some calls. Uh, first one we have is Justin, who can't choose between men and women. Hey, uh, Amber and Chris. My name's Justin. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Uh, I just, I have a question for you guys. Um, so just a brief history. I've always kind of had, um, a confusion as to what I'm more attracted to when it comes to men and women. I mean, I can literally look at a woman and say, damn, I want her. But at the same time, I can look at a guy and say the same thing. And I guess really my question is to Dr. Chris, how how do you specify what more of, you know, whether it's the male or the female that, I would technically like basically have a relationship with because when it comes to women, I've had, you know, about a handful of experiences and with men, it was a little more. I think I honestly would be a little more comfortable having intimacy with a man uh, Justin doesn't actually sound like you're confused. You like both, and here's the best part. Me too. Yeah. See, you, you, Justin, you are like Amber Rose. Yeah. Enough said, right? You don't have to choose, and you shouldn't choose. And I tell people to never choose because it closes the window on the possibility of surprising yourself with an interest in someone or a gender you didn't expect. You don't need to choose. Yeah. You don't need a label. If you want one, I'll give you one. Call yourself bisexual. Call yourself queer. Call yourself open. Call yourself flexible. But you sound actually like you know what you like. Date both, have sex with both, change your mind every other day. It doesn't really matter. Healthy sexual people don't use labels and they stay open and they date and they have sex with anything they're attracted to. So, but what if he's saying more so like, you know, when he meets someone, Mm -hmm. should he tell them off top, like if let's say he meets a girl and he should say like, you know, listen, I like men as well. No, no, no need to 
confess or explain. Okay. Uh, yeah. If it comes up and someone asks about your sexual history, you could say I've had sex with all genders. I'm open. I'm diverse. But yeah. But he also said he feels more comfortable with men. Yeah. So then, you know, if you're more comfortable with men, then lean towards dating them. And if you meet a woman that you want to have sex with or date, try that. But stay open. Cool. All right. Our next caller is Brittany. Hi, Amber, our mother. Um, my name is Brittany from the San Gabriel Valley, way out in the boonies of Southern California. Um, and my question is, what do you do when you really, really miss an ex who wasn't good for you? Like, how do you stay empowered? Wow, that's a great question. And I lived that so many times. Um, you know, basically what I do is cry it out, get over it, and find somebody else to get under extremely simple go out start dating meeting new people and see and find a guy that like you know treats you really nice to get your mind off of this 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 ex that wasn't good for you hi my name is carrie and i want to say first that i really love your show you two are doing an amazing job and, and should be really proud of what you are creating so here's my question i have been with my husband for a little over five years when we were first together, I faked it a few times during sex, which I know is a terrible non-feminist thing to do, but I just liked him so much and I wanted to make him feel good. And now here we are five years later, and sex with him is really fun and feels really good, and I've never come as close as I do with him, but the only time I actually get off is when I'm by myself. Yeah, welcome to having a vagina. Uh, <laughs> well said. That was amazing. It's literally, it's extremely hard to have an orgasm from penetration. I deal with that as well. Um, I would say that while he's penetrating you, maybe if you, you know, touch yourself down there at the same time, it can actually help with an orgasm. Um, and, uh, you know, or maybe you can actually masturbate in front of him get to the point where you're about to come and then he can put it inside you and you guys you know and then you can have an orgasm that way and then he can also get off as well yeah clitoral 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 yeah i think it's like one third of women can orgasm from just penetration but the other two thirds need some kind of clitoral stimulation i wish i could fucking oh my god i wish i could orgasm off like i mean i have don't get me wrong i have had an orgasm from penetration right. but it, i mean you gotta concentrate <laughs> you gotta be on top you gotta make the craziest faces in the pillow like with their head oh, kind of pushed to the side uh, but you listen know. the one thing is just remember this there's no right way to have an orgasm and so for some people they're gonna need to bust out a toy some people they're going to need to do you know interesting and crazy positions feel confident in that that's okay and i'd also say this you don't need to tell him that you've been lying for five years you can start new and starting tonight say to him hey babe i realize i orgasm best if i'm also using a toy or if you have sex with me in this position and push forward that way commit to now moving forward to being more yeah but centric. she's married and yes. she knows that her husband's gonna feel some type of way if she brings in a sex toy he's gonna feel less of a man you gotta do it anyway you got to prioritize that orgasm. Damn, son. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, Carrie. That's your uh, that's your options, boo. <laughs> uh, so all right. Yeah, all right. Sorry. So next caller is Sarah. Hey, Amber and Dr. Chris. I'm really enjoying the podcast. Thank you guys so much. 
After listening to the last podcast, and Amber, you were talking about how you were going to educate your son about sex and sexually transmitted diseases and such. My question is, at what age should you start talking to your kids? At what age? I don't think it's a specific age. I think it's more so, you know, we know our children. We give birth to our children. We're around our children. We know when our children, especially boys, are masturbating because you're going to, you know, unfortunately, you're going to, the sheets are going to start getting hard and crusty. And, uh, they're going to be locking the door. Yeah, they're going to be locking the door. They're going to take long showers. You know, I think during that time is like a perfect time to kind of have that conversation. Here's what um, I always say. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to be hopefully talking to your child in an open, honest way, but using age appropriate words and concepts. And so I'm not afraid of it happening too soon because your kid is going to be encountering sex in some form, either television, advertising, their friends or in a magazine, probably way sooner than you feel prepared to talk to them about it. Sure. And I'd rather it come from you. And studies show that children will tune out information that is too mature that goes over their head. And so I always say honest and frank is the best way to be honest, frank and secure and do it as soon as possible. I agree. All right. Our next caller is Biola. Hey, Amber. Hey, Dr. Chris. Uh, first off, want to say that I love the show and the work you guys do. Listen to it every week. Um, my name is Paola. Um, I'm 25 years old, um, straight but not narrow, black woman, and I have a question about preferences versus fetishes. So this came about when I was having a conversation with some of my girlfriends, and the topic of, like, dating and hooking up patterns came about. Um, like I said personally that I've noticed that my portfolio is kind of diverse um, in that category, but the biggest commonality amongst all my past like suitors and relationships is that the vast majority of them are not American like really the vast majority so this girl who I didn't really know she came out of nowhere and proclaimed that I had a fetish for foreign guys and I should really step outside the box and date a and date some more Americans. Um, so now being part of a population um, who is frequently fetishized in like the media and society, I like took great offense to that and I promptly defended myself. Like it's not my fault that these men with good taste approach me. Um, and I don't actively seek out individuals with like foreign passports. Um, however, I do realize that sometimes I do prefer men who speak French because it's a common language we share, but I wouldn't deny someone who's not a Francophone. Um, um, so that got me thinking, um, what's the, what do you think is the difference between a preference and a fetish? Viola, I, I, first off, I love you. You have us both I mean, smiling This and girl is so articulate. Yes. For 25. Yes. Wow. And straight but not Good narrow. I, I, You have my full support. You're oh amazing. Oh my God, I'm in love. So you brought up a thousand really powerful, important things. I'll try to water it down to make it real basic. Um, I don't see a difference between a fetish and a preference. Um, I use the word sexual orientation. It's a constellation. We used to think orientation is about the gender you're attracted to. It's everything you're attracted to. It's heights. It's weights. It's body shapes, it's body colors, it's smells, it's sounds, it's textures, it's objects, it's environments. It's not just gender. It's far bigger than that. And you talk about being fetishized as a sexual or a racial minority, which for those that don't understand that concept, it means being the kind of person that people will fuck and masturbate to, but not being willing to date because they don't see them as a total available person. That's my life. 
That's Amber's it. life. But yeah. a lot of times people say fetish as a way to kind of pathologize something, saying that's not typical, it's not standard, and so it's not appropriate to be the centrally arousing thing for you, so we're going to call it a fetish, and that's not accurate. You know, we can be aroused and eroticize anything, and that doesn't make it unhealthy. So enjoy what you're attracted to, as long as it's consensual and it's compassionate and it's legal. Fetish and preference, same thing. You sound fucking awesome and go do your thing. Okay, can I elaborate a little yes, bit? Ma'am. Not necessarily actually about that, but so Tara Jolie, um, she's a little person. She's yes. at my slut walk and she held up a sign that says, I am not a fetish. Yes. Right? So if there if there are normal sized men right. that are just specifically attracted to little women. Correct. That's their sexual orientation. Right. It's then not a fetish. Correct. Fetish would imply... Or is it a thin line? Well, fetish... In the way that Tara's talking about it, she's kind of doing what a lot of trans people do, which is... You know, we're, we're sex objects and people will hire us for sex. They'll have sex with us anonymously. They'll masturbate to porn, but they're not willing to date us or see us as appropriate mm. full human beings in the world to take home to mom. Right. And she was saying, I'm not that. I'm a real person. I, I can be I dated love and her. loved and brought home. Yeah. And so that's why I say sexual orientation. Chris, Use you're that fucking word. smart, bro. Oh my Gems, God. right? <laughs> Dropping <laughs> gems every week. Jesus Christ. You're All right, so Viola. All right, girl. All right, so uh, our next call- caller is Kayla. Hi, um, Amber and Dr. Chris. <clears throat> I've been nervous about calling and admitting this. Um, I've been married for 14 years, and um, I met a a guy online that we've been talking um, just as friends and I invited him and his wife over to play board games with me and my husband and realized that I was very attracted to the guy. Um, it turns out he was attracted to me too and um, we ended up sleeping together um, on a separate occasion when we were alone and I feel absolutely awful, um, determined not to do it again, but I can't stop thinking about doing it again. And I'm curious if you were in my situation, would you admit what you had done? Thank you. Bye. Wow. Yeah, I feel for you. I actually applaud you, though, for being willing to actually face and address this with yourself. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to have a controversial answer for you. Um, And then I'm going to give you mine. (laughs) Amber's ready to go. I'm so ready. So my thoughts are this. Um, You know, if if you truly feel sorry and you are willing to set the appropriate needed boundaries so as to not allow this to happen again because you want to honor this commitment that you've made, then I forgive you and I relieve you of any need to share that with your partner. Here's what I say. Communication and intimacy has to be about something constructive that's going to be in service of our relationship. If someone says, I want to tell my partner something, I say to them, number one, is your partner in a healthy place to be told this? 
Right. Is your relationship in a healthy place to work through this? If not, you don't just drop a bomb because you need to get something off your chest immediately. That is not healthy relational skills. Yeah. So sometimes we have to realize our partner's not in a great space, our marriage isn't doing well, now is not the time. I also say sometimes you need to go see a mental health professional to help have such a conversation so that they can help you with the wording, they can help support your partner and being told this information, which is upsetting to them, and help you choose really good timing. But again, I would say to you, if you were working with me one-on-one, if you feel as though you are setting the appropriate boundaries and you're willing to work with me on processing what made you want to do that and how to prevent that from happening again, I don't necessarily see it being constructive for you to go tell your partner and wound them like that. Um, yeah, I was going to say something similar. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say basically if you're going to continue to have sex with this guy because it's, it's new and it's fun and it's passionate, I'm sure. Um, uh, girl, just don't ever tell your husband. And, and stop. And make sure it, you stop. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. If you want to keep your husband around and you know that this is just a fling, um, and it, it let it, it, it happens, it already happened, have the conversation with the other guy. Be like, look, this happened. This happened. It was amazing. But I'm going to be with my husband. I'm never, ever going to be with you. And I don't want to tell him and break his heart because honestly, I'm going to be with him anyway. So really, whatever we just did doesn't fucking matter. And, um, girl, take it to the grave. And Kayla, check in with yourself about what was the driving force. Was it just that you had sloppy boundaries and made a mistake? Was it that you haven't been having the kind of sex you want to have with your husband and you're afraid to tell him? Use this as a way to renew and recommit to your relationship so as to not let this happen again. Maybe it's making you realize how much you care for your husband. You've taken him for granted. Maybe it's making you realize you need to actually leave him and he's yeah. not someone you want to be yes, with. Yes, I was going to say that. Use this Maybe as a you're way to really learn. not happy in your marriage right. anymore, you know? Um, when I was married, I could not even, I mean, it could be a beautiful man in front of me, fucking butt naked. And I literally would not even be turned on at all. So that just, I say all that to say that maybe you're not happy in your marriage right now. Um, and that's okay. And if you feel like you made a mistake, I think that you should stop having sex with the guy. And work on your marriage if that's what you want. And let me just say this because I know the tweets and the emails are going to come in. Me and Amber did not say we support cheating. We do not support it is cheating. an unfair means solution to a bigger problem. Find better ways of dealing with these problems. Yeah, okay. for sure. Now, me undies. Yes. Let's break it down for a second. All right. <clears throat> so thank you, me undies. You guys sent me an amazing package full of them. I literally sleep in them every night. Yes. They're yes. Okay. so comfortable. Here's the thing. Okay. That's the number one thing. These are the most comfortable underwear I've ever had. And I've p- bought from the very high end, high end, way too much money underwear to the low cheapy pairs. And this, these nail it. Yeah. And they also have the coolest patterns. They do. Oh my God. They're okay. so cute. And that's why I wear them everywhere. I've even considered wearing them as a bathing suit. I'm not even kidding. You can actually. Yes. I believe it. I seen you in the MeUndies when you Thank tried you. them on at the house. And, and I was and rocking them. You were fucking rocking them. Ready for the pool. Big package, by the way. Thank you, man. Chris. So let's talk about this for a second. Why do they feel that way? Modal. It's a special fabric, raw materials, best in class, and scientifically proven to be three times softer than cotton. Yeah. And they do. You have to feel these bad boys. No, I mean, it, they feel like, oh my God, so comfortable. And here's the other thing. If Your vagina will thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that needs to be their tagline on the board. Your vagina billboard. and penis will thank you. <laughs> your, your and pack- balls. <laughs> <laughs> dot 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 ball and here's the thing if if you're not if you're not happy with what you got they'll take them back 
Send them back if it's not what you want. If they're not the most comfortable, best feeling undies you've ever had. You're never going to send them back. Taking them back. Yeah, you're not going to need to. Buy a whole bunch of pairs. Go online. They're awesome. Holidays are coming up. Give them as gifts. I love underwear. It's If it doesn't feel right, it hurts me. I'm not comfortable. It ruins my day. I wear these to the gym. I yeah. wear these when I run. I wear these if I'm going to have sex because they keep their shape. They stay tight. They don't yes. get loose and baggy. That's important to me. So for limited time... 20 for 20% off your first order, but you have to go to the special URL, meundies.com slash Mava. M-U-V-A. And you get your 20% and uh, guarantee of nothing to lose. So go on there and get them and uh, meundies.com slash Mava. Get yeah. your Mundies. Hook it up. All right. If you want us to answer your questions, call us at 213-375-5258. That's 213- Three seven five five two five eight. We got amazing questions today, Chris. Yes, thank you guys for being so bold and honest. And again, call in, call in, call in. You guys are hitting me up nonstop on direct message Instagram. I love you guys. I love your questions, but I'm busy with my patients. I'm writing books. I'm traveling, lecturing. Amber's busy. Call in, and then we will answer your questions. We really, really, really do. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, well, we're back with more callers. Uh, we have Taylor. Hi, Amber. My name's Taylor. I love the show. So excited that you have this now. Um, but my question is, I've been divorced now for about five years and kind of went through my quote-unquote slutty phase. Um, but now I'm noticing I'm just kind of stuck in this phase. I don't seem to emotionally connect with anyone. Um, I go on dates and I try to do the whole sex on the third date kind of thing. Um, but I don't really give a fuck what they have to say. I don't, I just don't feel like I'm not connecting with anyone. And when I do try, it's just not there. Um, I feel like Everything is just about sex for me now. So I was actually wondering if you have any advice on how to kind of get out of that phase. I'm not ashamed of it by any means, but I'm just kind of ready for something more real, something more connected. Um, I Yeah, Taylor, I don't think you should be ashamed of it at all. I think that you um, are being a normal human being and you're dating and you're having sex and you're going to finally find a guy that you can be emotionally attracted to eventually these guys just aren't it it's just yeah sex. i agree and we also have there's a lot of like single shaming in our culture maybe you need to be single for the next couple of years maybe you aren't meeting people that are worthy of you wanting to sit longer with because they're not interesting yeah don't stress about that you don't have to be in a relationship have sex when you want to have sex go on some dates if it's not interesting let years roll by you don't have to be with someone or even with someone right now just kind of try to see dating as fun and don't make it any deeper than that or more serious yeah and you definitely just don't want to settle for any other reason you know if the sex is good and it's just like all right whatever or if it's not good then you just just don't talk to him anymore um that's fine all right lynn let's hear what's going on with you hi amber and dr chris um i have a quick question i've been dating my boyfriend now for about a year and a half we live together um um Today, I was scrolling through my Instagram feed and saw that he liked a bunch of selfies and bikini pics of this other girl that he used to be friends with. And my question for you is, am I right to be upset, or is it really just me feeling slightly insecure about myself or my relationship? 
okay personally i think you have a right to be upset because he used to deal with her and i feel like you know when you're liking a picture on purpose there's some times where you just scroll through and you're like oh yeah that's cool and you like it but if he's actually all up and through her instagram liking a whole bunch of pictures i would have an attitude as well chris <laughs> I would have a fucking ad. I'm like why are you liking her pictures First of all you're definitely not Following her because you're with me And I know you ain't following her because I stalked your Instagram And looked at your followers Whoa. So that means you Had to go on Look her up Find her page and deliberately Go and like her pictures Okay uh, We all have eyeballs We are going to be drawn towards and oriented And looking at things that are attractive to us as healthy individuals, we have to recognize that our partners are going to see other attractive people in the world and find other people attractive, no matter how attractive we are to them and how much they love us. And I want your partners to be compassionate. So here's what I say. Talk to your partner about it. I have to believe that you're in a relationship that's healthy enough where you can go to them and say, hey, I happen to see you're liking your ex's photos. It made me uncomfortable. Talk about it. Are you allowed to feel jealous? Yes. Do I want you to manage it like an adult? Yes. Does yes, that mean I, talking about it? Yes. yes. I don't. I definitely don't want you to be like, yo, what the fuck? How the fuck you want to like her pictures? That's your ex-girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. I think that if you do go to him very calmly and be like, babe, look, I seen that you were liking so-and-so's pictures. It made me feel very uncomfortable. I know that you're not following her on Instagram. I feel like you took the initiative to go to her page and like her pictures. And I just want to know why you did that. Yeah, use it use it as a moment to really be vulnerable and honest and talk things out. And maybe it'll give him the space to come to you now with something that made him uncomfortable that he was not feeling secure talking to you about. But talk it out. You know, social media is creating all these new issues. Um, find a way to get closer around it. Yeah, but Chris, you know, I know that um, people look. But to go and like pictures, come on. Well, a lot of people will like pictures as a way to get attention from yeah. the person. Yeah. And so often people use the the like function to get attention. And, you know, Instagram is now the new Tinder. I have, I've, I've you know, started up some talk with people through Instagram. And yeah. so, yeah, the way you go about getting their attention is by hitting like, 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 like. You hit a couple likes and they're going to reach out to you. So, yeah, you, you have a reason to feel unsure, but I want you to talk about it. Because, you know, learning how to have Instagram accounts is part of being in a relationship now and talking about what boundaries you're comfortable with and behavior you're seeing. So talk it out. All right. Our next caller is Rita. Hi, Amber. Hi, Dr. Chris. I'm a huge fan of the show. I just kind of have an opinion question. Um, Halloween is coming up and my boyfriend and I of three years have decided to stay in, just drink at the house, save the traffic and all that. Um, but I want to surprise him and do something sexy. I really kind of want to, I'm really into role playing, so I wanted to dress up. So I kind of want some ideas, fun, sexy ideas on costumes, like couples costumes in specific. I don't know. I mean, I really do want to use that code of uh, Adam and Eve. So I do want to get your opinion. Um, it's completely a surprise, so I don't know. Some fun ideas for a sexy night in. Love you guys. So she said for a, a couple. Yeah. So, okay. Doctor nurse, <laughs> sexy, you know, or Doctor Chris and Amber Rose from Bluffline, right? That's Get a, a hot bald cap. To go out at. Looks just like me, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, uh, 
cat and dog. <laughs> right? Ma- master and slave. Right. Yes, I'm bondage way, I mean. Bondage, yeah. Naughty. Yeah, you already did the naughty nurse. School uh, teacher and student. If you want to do a little power oh, play. Oh, that's fucking hot. Right? That's fucking hot. College yeah. student, of course. Uh, here, look, go on. <laughs> Adam and Eve has costumes, yes. They have little sexy doodads. Go to a local sex boutique, see what they have. Yeah. Google sexy costumes. Look, you you can make anything sexy. I mean, that's the best part about eroticism and sexuality. It's true. You can dress up as anything and make that shit sexy. I was literally dressed like Slash, and I got the, the best sex of my life dressed like Slash. Not a girl. Only you can make Slash <laughs> sexualized. That's amazing. I had to see photos of that. (laughs) Good luck, Rita. All right. Our next caller is Karen. Hey, Amber. Hey, Dr. Chris. So I love your guys' podcast. I look forward to listening to it every week. And here's my question. My boyfriend and I, we are interested in having a threesome. We talk about it. And um, I kind of just want to know how to do it successfully. Like kind of canceling out the jealousy and establishing boundaries and stuff like that so that would help a lot thank you love you guys okay we talk about this all the time (laughs) we do we do we talk about this all the time right So, do you want to start or you want me to start? Okay, sure. I'll be uber clinical because you literally made me feel like I'm in my office with your question. So, healthy boundaries for a threesome. I always say talk about beforehand what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Some of the most problematic things that happen in threesomes are when something happens that you weren't prepared for didn't want to have happen sexually talk about what behaviors you're willing to have happen what you're not willing to have happen talk about what you will say if you want it to stop because maybe it's not going in the direction you wanted it to go in and always 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 afterwards sit down do something connective and talk about how it went for you and what you'd want to do differently yeah, next time. and and people don't realize that threesomes it could be a lot of different things yes. right it could be two girls and a guy it could be two guys guys and a girl it could be all guys or all girls and then and then it's like you know you could say like listen we can have a threesome right you and your boyfriend can have a threesome but guess what it's all about me Yes, yes, that's That's the best part about sometimes. Sometimes it's not about both of you. It's just about you. It's your fantasy getting fulfilled. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what I usually tell girls because a lot of girls are uncomfortable with doing threesomes and they kind of do it for their boyfriend. And so, the initial threesome could probably be like... You know, like, okay, fine. If you want to bring a girl in, because you know damn well you want a guy, Karen. Don't lie. But wait a second. Can I tell you something interesting? What? So, I w- Brandy Glanville has a podcast. She had me on last week as a guest. Uh-huh. She is open only three ways with another girl. Does not want two dudes. And I brought you up and I said, that's funny, because Amber is desperate to find a guy that'll be with another guy. And Brandy's like, I would never want that. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't want the guys to do anything. I just want the guys to be all about really? me. Really? See, I never knew that part. So it, it's just about your fantasy and two guys with you. But you, I you want don't... two straight males. That's fascinating. See, she said the same thing. She doesn't want to watch the two guys together at all. And I said to her, "What if? What if?" Oh, you a... thought that I wanted the guys to be involved Maybe, with each other sure. as well. No, I'm not. No, I'm not into that. No, you you definitely misunderstood what I was saying. I want two Damn. straight guys, and, and 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 honestly, because I had the threesome experience, I don't even think that I want that. I'm just saying, right. initially, if I do think of a threesome, ideally, I would rather have two straight males right. and make it all about me, and they're not into each other at all. 
Yeah. All so right. back to the question. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Or um, yeah. So um, yeah. Or, or you know, so if you if you do compromise with him and bring another girl home um, for the initial threesome, maybe you can just be like, "Look, I'm not comfortable with you actually having sex with this girl, but she can give me head." Mm-hmm. Or me and you can fuck and I can make out with her while me and you yes, are having please sex. please go through because you know? my, my, my last threesome, what was so problematic about it was I hadn't talked out fully what I was comfortable seeing happen and not. Yeah. And things were occurring that felt too intimate that I want to reserve for just me. Right. And, and it threw me off and it pulled me out of the moment and it wasn't comfortable. And it, it really gave me pause for the next time. And I realized I myself hadn't been as communicative as I want people yeah, to be. Yeah, absolutely. Let him know exactly what you're comfortable with what you're not comfortable with because i don't know if you're ready to see your man actually have sex with another woman um so yeah all right those boundaries all right so don't forget to subscribe loveline with amberrose.com that's loveline with amberrose.com and please call in with your questions 213-375-5258 tweet me and dr chris um at loveline or just tweet at Loveline, excuse me, and uh, use the hashtag Loveline as well. And, um, you know, listen in, tell your friends about it, tell your family, you know, and make sure you subscribe, you guys, and please call in. I mean, I don't give a shit what you call in about. There's no question that we haven't Amen. heard. Amen. We're here for you. We're here for you, man. We're here to help you. Um, that's 213-375-5258. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.